Accidental Hope listeners, wanted to let you know that we have launched a Patreon. If you're interested in giving from a joyful heart, please follow Patreon forward slash Accidental Hope, and I would love your support. If this blesses you today, would you mind liking, sharing, following, subscribing, tell a friend, or even leaving a review? Thanks so much. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today on Accidental Hope. Today, our guest is my dear friend, Esperanza Alrano, and she has, um, oh my goodness, the Lord kind of connected us a couple of years ago in the most amazing way, and now we have kept in touch over the years through Facebook, and even she's been on a podcast before. If you listen to my podcast, Honoring Moms, last year, she was there um, giving us just a little bit of her heart and her story as a mother of a caddy, and caddy is causing accidental death or injury. And so today she's going to share us her hope redeemed story. She's going to share with us her son, Elias, and uh, all affectionately named Shorty, and just tell us her heart and her ministry and how God has redeemed this story where, you know, it wasn't, it didn't turn out how maybe she thought life was going to, but I believe God will increase her faith and belief through this whole thing when it's all said and done. So welcome Esperanza. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so happy to be here today and I'm so happy to, to um, be able to share a little bit of my heart. And I just loved the title uh, when you sent it to me, Shorty's Story. Um, and so I'm, I'm just really excited to share a little bit of his story and, um, and even some of his thoughts. I, I did speak with him um, over the last couple of weeks when I uh, told him that this was going to be taking place. And I said, I want you to pray about it. And I want you to tell me, you know, some things from your heart. So it's not just me. It's going to some of it's coming from him as well. So I'm really, really excited. Oh my goodness, that is like a good surprise. <laughs> because you know, I I love your family and I've never met you and you know, I feel like we've walked this together in some ways, you know. Um your his accident was in 2018, right? 2017. October 2017. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. right. So it's like almost exactly 1 year after mine. Okay. Yes. I remember now. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you talk. So she's a wife, mom, um, her husband's in ministry. They have a church uh, in Arizona. Did I say that right? Is it Arizona? No, it's in New Mexico. Why do I keep messing up? <laughs> New Mexico. She has a wife yes. and mom and church in New Mexico. Okay. Tell us a little bit about you because I clearly yes. <laughs> I'm going to mess this yes. up. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So yeah, so um, my name is Esperanza. I think I've shared this before, and I just love it that it even connects us even more. That my name in in Spanish is, is Esperanza, in hope in English it means hope. So I I just love I love that I love that um, I feel like it it brings us all like full circle, and um, yeah, I'm a mom of five beautiful children. 
um, we have four boys and one little, uh, one little girl, she's the baby and, and she's, uh, I'll say this, she gives us a run for our money. She's harder than all four boys combined. So she's a blast, but we, um, we were foster parents for many years. And so our last two children are, are adopted. And that was a, a, a big, big part of our life and our, and our story for a long, long time. I come from a huge family. Um, I have uh, 12, there's 12 siblings altogether, 12 of us. So wow. I have six brothers and, I mean, yeah, six brothers and five sisters. There's, there's six of each, including me. And um, yeah, so I'm the last of my parents' biological children. And then after me, they adopted nine. And I was still in the home when they were fostering and adopting. And I think that's why it gave me a big, big heart um, to want to do that. And thankfully, my husband was along for the ride. And so, um, so yeah, we're, we're blessed. We're in ministry. We, my dad founded a, a church uh, here in, in Española, New Mexico, 30-some uh, years ago. And so my husband is now um, one of the associate pastors, and my dad is still the senior pastor. I'm in ministry. We have an, an academy, a K-12 academy. We have a licensed daycare we have uh, so many things that go on. We're right in the center of town. Um, our city is really, really known. A lot of bad things. So we're right in the, in the center of town, which makes us very, very unique for many, many years. And it could still be standing that we were uh, the, the, the nation's capital. We had the, led the nation in uh, drug overdoses per capita. Uh. We're a very small city. But we're right by um, right by Santa Fe. We're tucked in between Santa Fe and Taos, which are both tourist cities. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. But um, we've been plagued with a lot of drug addiction. So what the heart of our ministry is really our men's program, um, reaching drug addicts, men that have come out of uh, drugs and alcohol and coming from the prisons, from the jails. Um, so that's really the heart of our ministry, which. If I can just keep going with this, I'll just keep going. Interrupt me anytime you have a question or anything. No, Jennifer. keep going. No, I'm listening. I think when my son's accident happened, he was looking at the possibility of going to prison or jail. Um, you know, it was really, really hard to reconcile that, you know, we had done all these things right in my book. You know, we raised our kids in church. We you know, my husband himself has been, had been incarcerated throughout his teenage years. But once we had our oldest son, he turned his life around. My, my kids have been raised in church, raised in ministry. And so it was really, really hard for, for us, for me to reconcile in my mind, like, God, why? But we've done this, 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 everything right. And why would you allow something so heavy so deep to touch our home almost like and, your worst fear was happening like yeah. the thing that you oh, thought nope sure. okay we might deal with other things but this this is not that's, happening we have blocked this curse it is not happening right that's exactly it that's exactly it. you know I remember my me and my husband having that conversation he's like but we I I broke the curse I uh, my his his family has been and out of prison lived all this life you know, and, and he's never gone back to that. And he's like, you know, but we, we did it different. So our kids wouldn't experience that. And on top of that, my husband has, uh, since he was probably in his twenties, so probably over 20 years, he's, his, his main ministry, you know, he's a, a pastor here, but the heart of his ministry is 
going into the prisons and the jails and reaching them in there going in he's a volunteer he you know he has a, a like a bible program for the inmates and things like that so you know it was really really hard um to to for us you know we had so many questions of god and i remember even at the time like you know just saying i've never questioned god to this like this level like it's never been my question for like i you know i felt like not that we had never had struggles or issues but not to that place Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really just feel like, um, you know, people would say, oh, you got to trust God and, you know, it's going to all work for the good. And it, it, it does sound cliche and it sounds like, you know, it's something that you, you would hear, but like to actually in that moment, in those times, to actually live out that it was, you know, and to, to be in that position was just like, I don't see God. I can't, I can't see how anything good Right. And you don't even care. You're like, I don't care who this helps, Lord. No. (laughs) Like, I don't care Mm -hmm. who this helps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're so, you're so right. You know, I said, you know, my, my, you know, my son, there's nothing good that can come out of sending a good boy, a good kid, you know, never been in trouble. Like, I can't see how this could ever turn out good God, you know? And, um, but, you know, I just, I know that God allows everything he allows for a reason. And so, you know, you hold on to that. It doesn't mean that you're not going to face this adversity. It doesn't mean you're, you're not going to be, uh, you know, the enemy is not going to single you out for something destructive. But it does mean that what we do with it and how we come out of that, that, that those are our responsibilities. And um, I, I definitely can say, definitely for sure today can say that, God does not waste our pain, our suffering, our loss. You know, I remember uh, somebody early on, you know, what, after the accident had happened, there was just such a huge outpouring of love and, and support and prayer chains. I mean, around the, the nation of people that we've come in contact with, even people we didn't know, and they'd just come back and say, hey, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying for, you, for the healing of your brother, my, bro- my little brother who was in the accident, mm-hmm. we're praying for Elias, and we're praying, you know, for the outcome of this. And there was a beautiful woman that still remains in contact that had reached out and she said, I just remember her constantly telling me, there's going to be a purpose for this pain. There's going to be purpose for this pain. And of course, just like you said, as a mom, I'm like, but I don't want the pain. And I don't, you know, I don't want it. I don't want it, but it, it, it happened. And, but I just remember her believing that, believing that with me there's going to be purpose and there's going to be purpose and of course um my son's accident was in 2017 um praise god i will give this testimony about my brother he is was fully healed what they said he may not ever be the same again he he may not have um walk again all of these things my brother was out of that hospital in less than a month um out of icu and he was drumming within i think two or three weeks after that he's the the drummer at our church and not only is he drumming he's singing and he's learned keyboard and guitar and i mean he is just thriving and and even so is my son I, i remember saying this on one of my posts on facebook like i even for me it's it's hard to to put into words how I can actually say that my son is thriving in, in prison, but he is. 
Because when God is with you, you know, who shall be against you, no matter what comes your way. And it, it, I, I just want to give hope to everybody that has walked in these same shoes. That maybe your son didn't go to prison or you're not looking at prison time, but we all know everything that comes with these type of accidents and the fear, the uncertainty, the unknown, the, um, the sadness, the, cause you yeah. know, there's just so many, so many dark, dark days yeah. where you, you feel like you can't even get out of bed or you don't want to face another day. You wake up saying, is this real? Right. Is this reality? Did this happen? And, and, you know, I remember that sadness, but today it's not like that, even though my son is in prison. And so he's been in prison. His accident was in 2017. In 2018, he went to, um, in, in 2018, he went to jail. He did a year in jail before he was actually sentenced to prison. And so he, um, he got a six-year sentence. It's kind of confusing the numbers. I couldn't figure it out for a long time, but they take off. He'll, he'll get credit for half. They didn't consider it a violent offense. So he'll get credit for half. And, but that comes after the time that he did at county jail. So he'll have done um, about three, uh, three, years, uh, three and a half years um, or so when it's all said and done. But so he has about a year left. And, and he's just doing wonderful. I mean, we're, we're able to see him through Zoom because now with COVID, we can't see him in person. I saw him one time. I saw him one time. It was March um, of last year, and we had not seen him or been able to hug him or anything, you know, for a long time before that. But I saw him once, and then right after me and my, my, uh, one of my sons got to see him. And then after that, they, they put everything on restrictions because of COVID. Uh, but, um, you know, he's, um, he's grown up. And it's kind of sad to say that, that he's grown up in prison because he really has. He was 18 at the time of his accident. He had just turned 18 not long before. And then, um, so, you know, he's really grown up in prison, but become a man. You know, even when I look at him and I see even just his stature and his features and his body, like he's just, uh, you know, really, really matured. And, but even matured, even in his faith. And I think that that's um, one of the things that, that when you know when I say God like what has been your purpose for this pain and I can't fully say that I'm I I see everything yet I don't see the full picture but I think God every along the way God has always met me where I'm at and I was thinking um that you know even in things that I didn't want to to acknowledge because um but he did he he so before when my son was still in prison and everybody was praying, I mean, in jail before he had gotten sentenced and everybody was praying like, you know, God, like, you know, don't send him to prison. Don't send him to prison. And, um, by every, every account, he shouldn't have gone to prison. He was a first time offender. He wasn't drinking. He wasn't under the influence. Like, you know, all of these things, you know, we hired one of the best attorneys, and he said, your son won't go to prison. He won't go to prison. Yeah, we were praying I've for never... time served, right? I mean, I was with you. Yeah, for time with served. You. 
we thought for sure that yes. was going to be the favor, yes. you know. And, and, and that's what, that's exactly what they told us. He will not, he will not go to prison. Your son won't go to prison. He won't, um, you know, he, he's not going to, he was in college. He has all of, he has good, you know, a home, a good home. Like he has good support system, like all of these things. They did their own assessment. We hired someone to do an assessment. They said, absolutely. He does not deserve prison, given probation time served. And even the state's own recommendation, I remember walking into court and, the, and our attorney saying, oh, I just got the state's, their own recommendation from their person that does the assessment. And they said, he will not go to, he should not go to prison. He just needs um, do probate to get probation, you know, yeah. time served. Yeah. So anyways, so, um, you know, we, we, that's what we believe for. We really, really believe, we thought that that was going to happen. Well, when I, um, when I think back, I know that God had prepared my heart mm -hmm. because my dad had this vision and he said that he saw my son um he said it was like two islands and he said in one island um he was being he had been launched out of that island and he said i saw him launched like if you would just like pull something back kind of like and launch it up far 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 and he said he went up into the sky and he said i could see him happy happy and my son's always smiling yes with a big he old is. smile yeah, he is. He's always smiling. And he said, I could see his, his face with this big old smile in the sky. And he said, and then I saw him land. And he said, when he was up in the sky like that, he said, there were so many people and they were looking at him. He said, and they were looking at him from the ground, looking at him. And he said, he landed in this other island. And he said, in that island, it was surrounded by light. And then he said, after his, after that island, he swam, uh, swam away. And he said he was just swimming freely. Well, you know, God never really interpreted or said what clearly what this vision was going to be. But I wanted in my heart to believe that it was, oh, like he's going to, you know, people are going to look to him that God's going to, you know, take him out of the situation. And the lights mean that he's being um, you know, people are looking to him and use he's maybe he's going to use his testimony. And I still believe that. But I remember, because I remember my dad telling me over and over, the light, something about the lights. And I, in my heart, I knew the, the one island was either the situation or the jail, but he was being launched to prison. That's the way I felt in my heart. And Even though I didn't want it. Right. I, I, I wanted to deny it. I was yeah. like, no, like, no, you know, in my heart, I don't think I ever, I never did. I don't even, I think I ever spoke it to my husband. I never yeah. spoke it out loud for fear that if I spoke it, yeah. it would be it would reality. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I knew it, you know, I knew God was telling me, no, he's going to prison. Those lights mean prison. Mm -hmm. But I still believe that I completely and wholeheartedly believe, you know, when, that people were looking at him and still are, people are looking at him and will after this because of the testimony that he's going to, you know, the, the story that he's going to have out of this. God's going to get some amazing, amazing glory out of this story. You know, I was, when I was writing down a couple of thoughts, I was thinking, you know, how can I tell people some of the ways that God has really already used this? And, you know, one of the ways, this is one of my favorite ways, is that um, when Shorty was in school, he had loved shoes. He still does. He he's a big, big uh, lover of shoes, and 
um, and even now, like if I, if it's his birthday or Christmas, what do you want? It's a pair of shoes, a Jordan to be exact. So totally he's always that. Shoes. <laughs> yeah. So he has a collection. <laughs> yeah. So he has this uh, collection of shoes. And I remember, you know, he's, he was an athlete, a varsity athlete. And so I remember we had bought him his shoes for basketball. And I think this was probably like his sophomore or junior year. And um, he came home one day and he said, I'm going to have to wear one of my old basketball shoes because I, they stole mine from the locker room. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he was like, yeah, they stole them or whatever, you know. So those things happen. Well, a few days later, he tells me, Mom, I, the, the, the kid that, the kid that stole my shoes at well I saw I saw somebody wearing my shoes and I said you better go get them back like that's crazy or I'm gonna call the school and I'm gonna tell them you know and he's like no 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 mom no he's like I can use my old pair of shoes he's like it's a kid that they needed them they needed those shoes so I said okay 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 I sucked it up or whatever well after that you know, probably like the the next year. I know for sure by his senior year, he really had the desire to to start a program where we could give kids shoes that are going into school. And our kids have never lacked, have never needed, you know. And he just said, I see, Elias went to private school till he was a freshman. And it was a very, here at our school. So very small, less than 60 kids. Mm-hmm. And when he went over there, he just saw so much you know, need and so many hurting people, I think, you know, that, that it kind of opened their eyes like, oh, you know, we, we may not have everything, but we don't lack things like that. And yeah. really opened his eyes to see that. And so he, he had wanted to start this, this thing where we would give shoes. So when he was in county jail, he, he had kept talking about it. He gave us that, this verse that's in Deuteronomy, and it talks about every place that your the sole of your foot treads shall be yours and he claims that verse and he still claims that verse he says everywhere I go you know it's going to be it's going to be mine God's going to have God's going to have his way wherever wherever I go everything that I do and so he um we started this that program and um it's called shoes for shorties and um you know it's just so amazing and so beautiful to see because you know his friends like his his friends, his brothers, my, my brothers, it started off with just like us. And it really is primarily us, but it's, it's like, it's also kind of like in, in, in his, you know, what something he wanted that was close to his heart and we're fulfilling it now. And so we've been doing it for at least the last three or four years. I don't even know. And, um, four years, I think. Brings community together for sure. It sure does. And, and there's so much need, like, especially now with COVID, like, you know, we were talking to him, um, this past when school would have started like in August and we're like, you know, I don't know what to do, you know, if we should still do it or how we should do it because the kids weren't in school. And he said, Mom, the kids still need shoes. And I said, Yeah, you're right. Okay. So there we started it up again. And we've done. Yeah. So it's really like every year it blesses my heart so much because it's, it's, it's his vision. We're just fulfilling it because he can't do it right now. Yeah. But it's something that he, but you know, he has every little detail. We, we do flyers, we do, we promote it. And he's the one, you know, this is what I want. These are the colors I want. Put that verse in there. You know, he's the one making sure it's how he wants, how he wants it done. And we're reaching the kids that really, I mean, and, and it is true, you know, that this, this past year with COVID, it was the greatest need I had ever seen yet. 
um, you know, the kids that got was just so tremendously blessed. So, you know, that's one way that I see that, um, you know, something good that has come from this. But also, so he's come in contact with a lot of people. He's been at three different prisons and at county jail. Um, so he's been at different facilities. And I can't even begin to count how many people have reached out to me um, that he's been in jail with or in prison with. And, you know, we've gotten, I probably say at least five men that have come into our program, our inpatient program, because he, because of him, you know, they said, well, your son told me this. Actually, one of the people that got shoes, they called and they said, I was in jail with your son and he told me he had a program, my kids need shoes. Um, you know, just people that have come to our food pantry. Well, Leah said that you guys have have food. You know, you guys give out food. Can I pick up a box of food? So I see where God's, you know, using him. I'm not claiming my son is perfect. I am not even saying that, but I'm saying that, you know, in spite of all of this a mistake, everything or whatever, you know, everything, God redeems everything and he will use it, you know, even if that one or two could be reached or three or doesn't matter the number, but that some would know the love of Christ. You know, I remember uh, one of the guys that came into our, our program, he said, you know, Elias said he had a big family, but I didn't realize how you guys will accept people like your family. It's just so beautiful to see. And so, you know, it, it really, really is. I mean, that's just another, another story. Uh, I think, um, the, think, the obviously go ahead I was gonna say I think about um, I, I love when you start sharing about Shorty's shoes and I think about how we all have these choices of energy you know we could mm-hmm. either shut down our energy where I think we have to for a little bit just to protect ourselves to kind of yeah. regain our thoughts to you know, humble ourselves, to quiet ourselves so we can hear the voice of God. And then we have a choice. When we come out of that, I almost feel like it's a cocoon. We have a choice. We can Mm -hmm. put that energy. It's got to go somewhere. And you guys are showing what you can do with it. Like to not stay bitter, to not stay removed, to not stay um, part of you. I'm sure you were attacked with like, oh, you hypocrite or like, you're trying to help people out of the streets, but then your son's in prison and, you know, and then, yeah. and you're forced with that. And then you're like, yeah, and, and you're still serving. Yeah. You're still being a joy. You're still showing up, which and, is And like, I will say that it wasn't without those like moments and times where I was like, but I don't want to do this. God, I don't want to, like, I don't even want to go to church today. And I don't feel like going and, and, you know, and I think even I, I can't exactly speak for my, my husband, but I will, we've openly shared this, that, you know, I think it, it hit him in a more personal way, uh, because his ministry is and was prison and jail ministry. And so for him, I really saw where the enemy wanted to just come in and 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 give him like just you know just like you mock him and be like oh yeah you you committed your life to this kind of ministry and now your son is in that position and you wanted to even like just destroy that and and you know just bring all of these doubts like should I be doing this should I still be going to the should I still 
you know, it, I just really saw where the enemy really wanted to to just bring such. Um, I hate the devil. Such like, <laughs> oh yeah, like he, I, you know, he just and and it was, you know, the thing I think is that we really have to press on. Yes. You know, we really have to press on and just, you know, push through that and say like, no, I'm not gonna um, let the devil win. Let this, nope. Let this ruin else. me. Mm-hmm. Let, let it ruin me. Let it be something that takes what God has given me. God's given me this ministry. God's given me this 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 vision. God's given me this family. God's given me this hope. You know, whatever it is, you know, it for for everybody it's different. For us, it happens to be ministry, and it happens to be prisons and jails and and things like that. But whatever it is for every individual, your kids, your family, your home, your Whatever, um, you know, whatever impact you have, like, I see where the enemy comes to hit us right where it hurts us, right? Like, for me, it was, it was definitely my son, our son, that if we allow the enemy to come in and, and bring that doubt, you know, you'll never get to the other side to say, see what the reward is. Right, the victory. So, the victory. I, I was reading um, in Proverbs, actually, I shared this verse with Elias. Um, a couple of days ago, and it was really eye-opening to me for whatever reason. I read Proverbs, you know, almost every day. We, I go through the, a chapter a day, and I'm like, it just popped to me. And it said, uh, I think it's Proverbs 24:10. It says, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? And I just thought that's so true. If we falter when the when things get difficult, then our strength isn't big at all, but really our, our strength is not ours because God is in, in our weakness. He's made strong. Amen. So it's, it's in him, you know, and that's where we have to depend on is his strength. I remember wanting to do everything by my hand. Uh, if I, I can fix this as mom, as dad, we can fix this. We can do this. And yes, God wants us to do our part, but we also have to trust him with what what's been handed to us or what's what's come and so i was um i was saying that to say that you know one of the biggest things for my husband in this past year is that what we've seen god like just restore 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 everything that the enemy was trying to say oh that's not you know i'm gonna mess with that i'm gonna mess with your your prison ministry i'm gonna take that desire for ministry whatever you know, this year, especially through COVID, you know, we thought, oh, how can we do ministry like that? We can't even go into the prisons and stuff because of the way um, things are. We can't volunteer and all of this. But God has opened up the doors even so much more. So now my husband's able to do a, um, a monthly, one of the TV stations records it for him. And they, they burn all of these DVDs and we send them to every single prison and jail in the state. And so they're still getting the word of God. And now they're able to get to, to participate in that Bible program. And they're getting wow. these Bible sticks that Bibles, uh, it's the whole Bible, you know, in these Bible sticks. It's just God has just opened up so much doors and opportunity. And I just thank God because I say, look, look, devil. Oh, you thought that you won. You thought that you, this was going to just, and it's like, you know, when you persevere, you see God even take it to another level because you're faithful in that. 
me and Elias were talking about this one day, him saying, you know, if I had never come here, he said, yeah, I knew God. Like I had accepted Christ into my heart as a little boy. I've been baptized. I, you know, go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, youth, you know, all of the whole routine. But he said to actually say that I would have found God for myself, I, I, he had to bring me here. He said, so if, wow. if there's one thing that I can say, he said, is that God has brought me here so that I could know him the way that I know him. And as a mom, that's everything, you know. I, yes. I can't say I want my son in prison, but I would rather have my son in prison and have, know the Lord and serving the Lord than not. And um, so there's, you know, it's still not the way my eyes had seen it, you know, happening. I saw God just doing this miraculous thing and, you know, him, you know, coming home and not having to endure this and everybody or him being vindicated, you know, the truth of, you know, this yeah. whole story of a truck cutting him off and all of that. I, I thought that that would be his story. I really, really did. And maybe it will, maybe one day, you know, my Elias still has hope that, that one day people would know the truth, but it's like, I've told him Joseph, Joseph's story he was never vind earthly vindicated of 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 what came his way. He was never earthly vindicated of of being accused of rape and all these things. I said, but so that may be how it is for you, Shorty. We may not ever know. People may not know the truth. God knows the truth. But either way, God's getting the glory in this story. Like w there's a purpose for all of this, and what I can truly see the beginnings of what the, this is, if this is just the beginning, I can't even imagine what's to come, you know, and I think it's just because of faithfulness, you know, not to put ourselves, it's not us. Like there were so many days I wanted to give up. I didn't want to keep on. I right. wanted to throw in the towel and say, God, why I've served you my whole life. I've done this. I've done that. Yeah. And this still, you know, so I have had, mm -hmm. I have had my moments of weakness, too many to count, too many that I'm ashamed of. You know, I've had the moments where I've yelled at God and I've, you know, done all these things and said, just why, you know, maybe I shouldn't. And then, and then maybe things would go my way. And so, but I can truly say that, you know, God is using this. And, and if I can give hope to anybody, it's in that, like, you know, I know you hear it all the time. Oh, but you're going to see, but. I'm telling you, like, I really, really, with the big smile on my face, I wish you could see, mm. I am just saying, I am, Trust you, just, God. I, I am astounded by what God is doing because we have trusted mm -hmm. that he's going to have the, the last day in this story. And oh, I, when I was talking to Shorty about uh, this morning, I said, I'm going to do that podcast. He said, yes, yes, yes. He's like, there's something that I was thinking about. And he said, like I said, he was he used to play varsity basketball. And he said, Coach Rich used to tell us, I'm going to take you out. If we made a mistake, he said, I'm going to take you out of the game. And you're going to sit right there on the bench. So you can sit back and see what I see from my eyes. So you could see it from my eyes, what I'm seeing. And he said, that's the way I feel. God has 
had to sit me out on the bench so I could see from his eyes. He said, that's the lesson I've learned. Oh, that's wonderful. It is. It really is. You know, because, you know, and he's not angry. He's not mad. If, if it were me in those shoes, I don't know how I would be. As a mom, I know I, there's still times that I have to put my heart in check and say, no, it's not the judge's fault. It's not, you know, it's not the DA's fault. It's not anybody's. This, God allowed this, and we're going to get through it, and I'm going to look at the positive things, and I'm going to, you know, stay on track. But I have to remind myself of that. But, you know, it's so beautiful to see that, you know, he's learned this sitting in, in a cell and saying, God pulled me out of everything I knew, every comfort, every whatever, so I could sit back and I could see what really, really matters. He, he even said the bigger picture, mm. the bigger picture. And I wish, you know, it's like I do puzzles. I love puzzles and I'm always doing them. Pre-COVID, I always say I'm a true puzzler because people jumped on this bandwagon when COVID came on and I've always puzzled my whole life. But um, so, you know, it's like, I see it like that. Like, you know, all these little pieces and we can't, you don't see it. You don't see it until it's, and then it's starting to come together and come together. And then you just see this awesome picture. And that's what I think about Shorty's story and, and everybody else that has to have had to experience something this tragic is that, you know, there's just these little pieces little pieces, little pieces, and maybe fully we won't see all of it or the impact that it had until we get to heaven. Yeah. But yeah. God gives us little pieces, you know what I mean? Enough that we can see, hey, 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 it's coming together. It's coming together. Don't you give up on that puzzle because it's coming together. Yeah. And um, this past week, this is one of the last things I'll share, and then you can, you know, talk, ask me questions or whatever, but Pastor Stephen Furtick gave an awesome, awesome message that I listened to. But he said something, and I wrote it down. Let me read it. He said, when we stop telling the story of God's faithfulness, you start telling the story of fear. And it was so profound to me. Because if we're not telling the story of how God has come through for us, even in in our dark times, through our dark times, you know, even in the little things, if we're not telling the story of God's faithfulness, we will start to tell the story of our fear. Right. And the fear for me is fear of what's going to happen to my son when he comes home. Fear of how is he going to get a job? How is his life going to ever move forward? Fear of you know, all of these uncertainties. But no, I ha- we have to tell the story of God's faithfulness so that we, we don't walk in that fear. And I, I just think it goes back to how powerful our testimony is that, you know, for others, like for me, if I didn't have Jennifer to help me walk through this, I, I would have been like so lost. And even I, I was telling Jennifer this story earlier that when my son's initial, when his accident initial, initially happened, he had a friend that had, or a cousin of a friend that reached out that had had a similar story. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that there's people that um, have have walked through this and can help others 
give them hope, give, help them put your place for them, whatever it might be. For me, if I didn't have that, like I, I was so lost at the beginning that I didn't know. And um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn, what, you know, how, what this meant for my son. You know, he, he still to this day, I think because of all of his courts and everything, he hasn't really fully been able to maybe deal with some of the, the trauma associated with it. Yeah. Um, you know, with the death of, of the woman and things like that. But I know that God's got his hand on it. And as long as we stay faithful to him and we, you know, continue to press on, like, just like we were saying, even through that adversity, through that adversity, that's, that's when we really see who we are and who God is. And that's, who God you know, is. That. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we push through that, we're going to see something, you know, amazing come out of these stories, as painful as it is. As painful as it is, we will see God, you know, get the glory in this story. But I, that's, that's really what my heart wanted to share with you all. I don't know if, if there's there's anything you want to ask me, but. Oh, um, there's, there's so much. I mean, one, one, I want to say thank you for sharing um, your story and your ministry. And it's not easy to talk about any of these things, but. mm -mm. But when we act in obedience to say, hey, this this is our story, we're owning it, we're not proud of it, it's not like a boastful thing, but we can boast on what God is redeeming in our lives, yes. and my heart is for Shorty, and I'm so proud of him, and I think the, the biggest thing for me is I was, my, in my story, my, my uncle was in, in and out of prison most of my life to where I never really got to know him very much. He had a, a drug addiction. And so my dad, this is his only brother. And, uh, so we didn't really get to know uncle Kim very much, you know, and, but, but uncle Kim loves the Lord and my dad is a non-believer and it, and part of me, you know, knew that in, when I was younger, I didn't really understand. Well, he'll just keep praying to, you know, God and God should heal him of his addiction. Right. But when he would go to prison, that's what what people think. Yeah. Right. And then when I got older and I was more mature in my faith, the Lord gave me this revelation that when he would, when he would fail and he would go to prison, well, then he was involved in prison ministry. He would get clean. He would share his testimony. He would encourage others. And then, you know, he'd be out and, and, and I just remember like God used him in his brokenness and that was part of his destiny. Whoever was saved in that time was worth it, you know, and now he's in his six. Yeah. And, but from my, my uh, dad's perspective, it's probably like, you know, Hey, he, he loves Jesus, but yet he keeps falling and he loves his brother. Don't get me wrong. He loves his brother, you know, And, but it was still, you know, hard to understand, like, you know, we, my dad will always answer that phone when it rings from my uncle Kim. And if he needed socks, you know, we were sending money or whatever, and uh, you know, he loves them. And I think part of that was still just kind of understanding that even, even people who love the Lord, especially people who love the Lord, we're not perfect people. And, you know, we have to understand that. And in my understanding when I was facing prison time, I was 36, had never been in trouble my whole life. In fact, 
I would rather do, I mean, I just like, I would confess what I got, even when I wasn't going to get caught, I was that kid that would come and be like, okay, I lied. I was about to get away with it, but I'm just going to let you know I lied. Here's whatever, you know, I would tell on myself and I, I never wanted to be in trouble, but then the idea of 36 and then suddenly my parents looking at now my own daughter maybe facing prison. Yeah. And I felt this weight of, I had let them down. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you try to follow the law and you try to be a good girl and you're raising a family and like, here they were, what had happened, even though it wasn't the same circumstance as my uncle, but they weren't expecting that. I mean, like, I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, <laughs> we, we didn't. Well, see- I think it, it- yeah. It stirs up all of it stirs up all of that, especially if you've had anybody that has, you know, it, it, right. it just brings up a lot a lot of feelings. And you're right, there's a lot of, of shame associated with it. Right. Um, not not just because he's in prison, but even before that, you know, just with and a lot of judgment. We we know that. Um right. you that everybody that has walked this journey knows that, you know, there there's just not a lot of grace extended no. to people that have have had to walk in these shoes and um and a lot just a lot of judgments that I remember at the beginning especially you know just telling my my other sons and my brothers you know stay off social media that you know there there's just too many things people are saying and they don't know your brother and they right. don't know what happened they don't right. know the, the the details they don't know right. you know and 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 even I'll say this there was even a lot of um, not a lot, but there were several people that, uh, you know, because it always hurts more when it comes from people that you love, right? Or or that you know, you know what I mean? When you're like, okay, well, they don't know Shorty, uh, or they don't know us, but you know, then it's kind of you throw it to the side. But when it's someone that does, does know him, does know, then it's kind of like you know what, you know, it hurts different. Right. It hits yeah, it you. Does. Different. And, um, and, you know, and so he, he had to walk through those things and, and, and us as a family. And I remember having to tell my, my boys, you know, that's, you know, those things are for God to defend. Right. We don't have to do that. And it's so hard not to, you know, it's, as you know, us as earthly people, especially as moms, you know, you want to take on everybody that says something wrong about your kid or whatever. And, you know, yeah. it, it was really, really hard. And, and even to this day, like, you know, it's not that I, um, it's not at all that I withhold or, or am ashamed, but I just, I, I feel like God has really taught me to keep, um, you know, it's like when you, you don't want to throw your, your pearls to, to the swine right, kind of type of right. thing. Like I, I, I kind of keep what, of what I need to, to those that I feel God wants me to share with those that, you know, don't, uh, that I don't feel God opening those doors or, or, you know, just even details or, or even just, just little things. I, I feel like God has really taught me that, that not everybody needs to know exactly what happened. Not everybody needs to know the truth. Not everybody needs to know, you know, even how he's doing. Cause not everybody is there with the right motive right you know a lot right. of people are just there for whatever for, i don't know the enemy's still out what, to twist things he sure is yes he, he is mm-hmm. to 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 still find a way in there you know and so 
that's really, really one thing that I, God has really taught me is like, you know, I don't have to go explaining everything to everybody. Um, you know, yes, on a platform like this, I feel like we all can relate. We all have suffered. We all uh, know this pain and this, 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 it's different. But sometimes it's just not everybody that you you need to. And, but there's no shame. There should be no shame in it. You know, I, I but it is. It's, it's something that's very frowned upon. And, you know, you think that I, I don't know how many stories I heard. Uh, oh, but but he was drinking. And it's like, no, he was, was not. No. Drinking. You know, that's just like one little thing, you know. Right. And even in that, I'm going to say this for me, for us in, in the position that we are working with the men that we do. I'm going to be truthful. There, there have been plenty of men that have come through our doors that this same thing has happened and they probably were drinking or they were under the influence. And they're still forgiven. And of course, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> so, yeah. you know, because there is, and there, it is a different circumstance, but exactly. There is still forgiveness still and there hope. still is, <laughs> there's still hope. There's still a purpose that yes. God wants to use even their story, right. even out of something that they, you know, an action that they deliberately chose. Oh my gosh, um, you were getting like hot over there, like flaming the fires, because man, <laughs> this is like a whole nother conversation. I remember this revelation when I was like, I could, I kept seeing the vision of me on the, the uh, road. And I kept thinking, oh, gosh, Lord, deliver me from this flashback. Lord, please deliver me. I was back on the road. I could feel the pavement, Esperanza. I could feel it. I could feel the bumpiness of the road. I could feel the cold. I could feel, you know, and I'm looking at this man who's bleeding, and I'm seeing it over and over in my head. And I was like, Lord, please deliver me. I don't want to close my eyes, but I need to close my eyes. And and finally... It was like I kept I kept hearing and it was like the first thing I would hear is how much God loved the man in the road and God loved his mm-hmm. children who were about to mm-hmm. hear this tragedy and God loved this man's brother who was going to have to forgive this situation and God loved his parents who were about to lose a son and I kept feeling yeah. and then I was like confused because I was like is this the enemy just shaming me shaming me guilting me guilting me and I was like I know you loved him Lord I know you loved his children Lord I know and then I would keep having the vision and I was back on the cold and it was like there was an angel protecting us me and my daughters Mm. and that God was saying I love you in this I was preparing you in this and I loved you and I loved him and I loved your children. I loved your marriage. I loved your parents. I loved everyone in this. I loved the EMTs that were, that were having to, you know, feel the guilt of they couldn't save him. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, you're big enough for all of us. All of of us. Yes. Where my testimony and my work to perfect me, you know, to perfect and refine me to look more like Jesus is to walk this humbling, horrible road, this persecution, this, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I don't know. I used to pray for meekness. (laughs) Now I'm like, Lord, why did I do that? (laughs) You know, but like, uh, you know, so 
God was perfecting that and refining in that me and in, in, uh, and maybe his children, it's forgiveness and trusting God with their future. And you know what I mean? Like God was seeing all of it. Like you said, like the picture, if we can just stop and see how God will move in all of these things that life continued even through the grief and even through the death and even through the sentencing or, you know, that yeah. they and, and, and honoring in it. Of, yes. And I think that like in spite of us, because, you know, I, now that you were saying that, I was thinking about this story now that well, for Easter, we did a big thing for the prisons. And um, I we love that. I'm glad to bring this up. Yes. Well, I wanted to ask yeah. you. So we, we, you know, God opened the door and I'm going to say this, God, God is so amazing because, you know, we had, we had started saving things so we could send to some, some prisons and we're like, okay, we're going to have to be very selective on which prisons because we can't do all of the inmate population. Um, I think it's like 6,000 some in New Mexico. Um, oh, in the wow. prisons, that's, mm-hmm. that's not even the bill. But so we, we started collecting stuff and we're like, okay, well, 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 anyways, the, like the lead chaplain, he calls me and he's like, you know, I had asked for approval to send all these goodie bags with like testimony sheets of my husband and, um, bookmarks and just a Bible lesson and stuff like that. And, and goodies. And he said, and he said, okay, he said, we got approval from the, from the, from the main people, whatever, corrections, whatever. He said, which prisons do you want to do? And I could not like be like, I just felt God tell me, don't, don't tell him which prisons, just tell him, put it out there. And whoever reaches out to us will do. Well, Daniel's like, Oh my gosh, what if everybody does? And I said, well, then God's going to provide. <laughs> and then right. you know, he did because I'm not kidding. So we didn't do all of them. We ended up doing close to 4,000 uh, inmates. That's and amazing. That God is truly say that again. Provide. Four thousand inmates. Four thousand. Easter. Yes. yes. So we and each of them. I mean, like it was. They were wonderful packages. Some of them got cup of soups. They got candy. They got. I mean, like they were truly, truly blessed. I I had to keep posting it on my Instagram because I was just like, and it was all God because we were about. We started bagging some of them, and then um, we were about to run out of stuff, and kid you not that very day I told Daniel I don't know what bags we're going to do today because we're already out of stuff we're going to have to probably um go buy some stuff see if we can get people to donate we call well we have our food pantry we give out food every week they called us uh from from one of the places we pick up food and they said come we have literally a semi load of stuff and it was like things that we could use for the prison because like they're very specific it was like pretzels and chips and oatmeal and I was just like thank you God because he knew our need and that we even stepped out in faith you know what I mean um and I think that's a huge part in everybody in everybody's like seeing God move is that you do you got to take a little step of faith you know it may not be huge but it's like you can't just stand back here and say okay God I need you to answer my prayers or I need you to move on my behalf but not take a step towards him you right, know, and, right. and for me, that was my step of faith was saying, okay, just put it out there. And it was so amazing. And so we have gotten so much flooded, literally flooded with a response. Like every single day, we're getting five to 10 letters still to this day back and in the, the Bible study. So that's how they're getting connected. Because once they do 
a series of 10 Bible uh, Bible lessons, then they get one of those Bible sticks or something like that. So it's it. amazing. But one of, one of the stories that came back right after Easter was like in the week or two after was just amazing. And it was this young man at uh, the highest level, it's a, a level six uh, maximum prison here in New Mexico, saying that he, um, you know, he had gotten this information, read the thing, and he said, I want to tell you a little bit about my story. And he started the Bible program thing too. But he said um, that he had committed a murder. And he said, um, my brother was killed. He said, my brother was killed years before I committed this murder. And he's a young man. I want to think he was a little bit older than Elias, probably in his mid-20s. Remember, he said his age. And he said, I, I, my brother was killed, and I saw what it did to my mom. It broke my mom. Yeah. He said, and then I did this. He said, and, you know, after dragging out for a little while, he said, God started, God started tugging at my heart. He said, I started going, you know, going to services or studying the word. And he said, God started telling me, telling, showing me, reminding me about my mom. He said, and how much she had suffered. He said, and I could not do that to another mom. He said, I had already taken her son and I could not put her through more. He said, for that reason, I chose to take a plea so she could have some peace. He said, well, come to, come, you know, over this time, I, I don't remember what time he said, but it's been a couple of years. He said, that family has been instrumental in leading me to the Lord. He said, to this day, they write to me. They've shown me forgiveness that I don't deserve. They have poured out their love on me. They write to me. If I wow. call them, they answer. And he said, and I can truly say that I have come to know what Christ looks like because of them. Isn't that amazing? And I could only hope amazing. that, like, you know, I, everybody has their own journey, their own story. But I, even, you know, when I heard that, it, you know, there's a tinge of sadness for my son because he hasn't been, a, been able to receive forgiveness from you know the victim his victim's family um you know he he hasn't been able to you know they haven't been very nice or kind and I understand you know they have hurt they have they're they're walking through a lot of pain Mm -hmm. but you know I just thought isn't it amazing how yes the loss of this son of their of these people they this boy came to Christ because they showed them him forgiveness and love amen and i i just think you know it's such a huge huge thing you know forgiveness and of course we 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 whether somebody forgives or not like you know we i I remember my son telling me i i I can't harbor that you know at sentencing he said i can't harbor what uh, i can't hold on to that because i had asked for forgiveness from god asked for forgiveness from them from the court he said, but in order to move forward, I have to let that go. He said, because if I hold on to that pain, because it, it, it's also putting more, it, it would want to project more pain back. Oh, yeah, to, it's a chain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm so thankful that he realizes, you know, because 
because that was one of my biggest fears as a mom is that you know, he's already carrying such a heavy load and to not he truly truly wanted that forgiveness and to not receive it it broke my heart as a mom and I just thought I hope it doesn't you know I could see where it would want to just eat away at him and destroy and I was so proud of him that he had made that decision that I can't I have to, you know he said I've already I've I've already talked to God about this and if I don't let it go I can't move forward because what you know you, right. you would want to it's a projection of more pain and more shame and more heartache and and you know it it, it takes it, it it also takes God to 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 help you through something like that as you all know I I don't carry that exact pain that Elias carries or that you do um you know I as a mom it's a different pain but not that same pain to have witnessed something like that to have been one of the people that caused something like that is is a guilt and a pain and a shame in its own and then when you don't receive that forgiveness it's something else but for everybody that's walked to that or, or anyone that's listening or whatever i would just say you know take take that to god and it's probably a process i don't know jennifer and elias and others would know more but i think that it's a process to get there but it's also something that if you don't receive it you keep believing god and praying for their heart that right. they would but when you do i see you can see a story like this and much more this boy it was an intentional thing right. he intentionally killed somebody and to receive that forgiveness you can just see it only comes what, from god there's no other there is no other explanation god. yeah and how amazing yeah. the testimony that you have how god will use this Amen. because they both decided you know to let god have his way it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing yes it is yes it is and that's that's the hope redeemed story that that, that is like yeah. the ultimate if you can look at your brother who harmed you and forgive them mm-hmm. then you are truly walking out christ yep you know yeah i mean that, i mean that, that, that was this, his little word yeah yeah that was where his little literal literally his words god i saw christ in them you know right right and that's not that is not of our own strength because obviously and mm-hmm. and i think that it i mean you know how like god gives us what we can i god had to work this out in me too because I, I could, I knew God forgave me, but I, I was really, cause I'm a people pleaser and that's a sin in itself, you know, because we can't yeah. please men, you know, and I just remember God, I, I pray that that is true, but it, but I realize that that's there, that's between them and the Lord now. It's not anything Mm -hmm. that I could do. There's no atonement. There's nothing I could say. It really has to be part of their beautiful story. So if we're sitting here talking about our end of this thing, and I pray with my whole heart that the families of the victims are sitting somewhere using their testimony to say, you know what? This bad thing happened to my loved one. And man, I forgive the person who caused that harm. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. and and we're showing how we we have accepted God's grace and they are showing their testimony and that is how God gets the glory and the enemy does not win. And Exactly. And it's each her own thing. It's each her own thing and you know because I yeah. think too like you know no nobody uh on both ends on the receiving end too, you know um you know, the people that are involved on both sides, nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for this to happen, for this tragic, ugly, ugly thing to happen. But, you know, when we we realize that it's, it's an act of the enemy, ultimately, because we're living in a sinful world, but God allowed it. So if God allowed it, he can also get the glory out of this story. Amen. He can get the glory if we... If we choose, you know, to take those steps and, and to say, you know what, God, and I know it's so hard. Like I started off on my thing. I, I, you know, it's definitely a journey, you know, on a journey, you don't just start off and, you know, get from point A to point B without having stops in between and bumps along the road and curves and, you know, detours. That's part of the journey is, I mean, not exactly where I want to be and I still can't wait till the day that my son comes home and then I feel like it'll be complete but I praise God every day that we have come from the place that we have like when I map out that journey it has been wild with lots of you know things along the way but I can see God's hand in all of it he's never left us he has met me every single place and and when we do get there, it's oh what what a trip and what yes. a fight we're gonna see. You know, it's gonna be amazing. And um, you know, you had asked me earlier before we started this what our plans are when we see him and you know, I don't I my biggest thing would be as a mom, I like to cook anyways, but to just to eat. We we well, I laugh about it all the time because um for Christmas this past Christmas or Thanksgiving, one of the two, I had done a post and I said um, that my son wasn't getting any of my natillas. It's like a Mexican dessert that we make and, um, and none of my sister's homemade bread and none of, you know, I named all these things that we make for the holidays. And my cousin commented and she said, when he gets home, it doesn't matter because, you know, usually we make certain things for certain seasons. So for us, tamales, we make in the, usually like in the winter around Christmas yeah. time. It doesn't matter if he gets home in the summer, we're making tamales. If right. He wants, and she, she named a bunch of things. She's like, he's going to have it. Whatever he wants, we're going to have it all. And I'm like, right? Yes, and, he is. Right? <laughs> And uh, and so, COVID better be over because we're we're throwing a party because your son yes. is coming home. You're gonna put on the robes. You're gonna put on the things, and the feast is gonna happen because your son is coming home. Yeah, so we're we're super excited, and I'm you know I'm even more excited to see you know the growth in him. Like you know spiritually, he he's part of this one of one of the amazing things that they have in New Mexico prisons is they have um, a group of men, I think they're in pretty much every prison that have gone through like seminary school. They call them the men, the guys in purple. So they're, they wear purple uniforms. And they're basically, you know, they're in prison for their own crimes, 
but they have graduated from seminary and they've proven themselves. Many of these guys are like lifers, lifers in prison, yet they are the ones that are out there. They're like in the trenches. You know what I mean? They're, they're literally right. in prison, but they're, they, they're, get, they're the ones getting their hands dirty, uh, uh, bringing forth the word, going to the inmates, doing Bible studies. And now with COVID, it's, it's really shut down a lot. Like he can't go to chapel. He can't go to, they don't, they don't allow him to gather like that. But these guys, they mentor them. And so he has one that um, he, he goes, they go, he goes and, you know, checks on him every few days or whatever. And they do Bible study. And right now I know they're reading a book and every time he has like a chapter to read and then he has like a certain, I don't know if it's like answers or what he has to do. But he, even the other day, he's like, mom, I got to hang up. He's coming for my thing and I got to get it done. So, I love you know, it. it. Yeah, it keeps them on their toes. And it's beautiful because these are guys that are God, you know, God's redeeming their own story, whatever it is. I don't know, but you know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see how they're the ones putting their hands to the plow and, and how God's using them. You know, they're, they're like literally the missionaries in there, you know what I mean? And so it's powerful. It's a powerful thing with what God's doing in there. But you know, I'm just so excited. And, And he told me, you know, mom, I've really grown. I've really grown like you know what I could say like I've grown spiritually you know right and so it's awesome it's an awesome thing and um I'm just so thankful um that God has has seen us through this and you know I believe that one day we're going to be able to say you know because I can't completely I'm not completely there yet always and it's like I said it's it's times that I I have I struggle with it but I I do truly believe that you know, one of these days I'm going to say, you know, God even had to do this, you know, God, right. God did this. It was good. It was good. It was a good thing. Yeah. I'm seeing glimpses of it, but I truly wholeheartedly with my whole heart today, couldn't say that three years ago, could not yeah. say that not even, not even two years ago. I know. But truly I can say that God, I see God, where God is, is it's, it's getting to be good. It's getting to be real good. <laughs> right. You know? And to hold on. That's why it's like, hold on. Give give strength yeah. for that one day. Just get through that day and give God the next yeah. day. And then get through that day and yeah, give God true. the next day. Yes. Yep. And, you know, and not even day, not even day by day always. I remember for us, it, sometimes it was literally. Minute by minute. Like God just minute by minute. Get me through yes. this hour, God, because I don't have the faith that I should have. I don't have the hope. And please, God, just give me the hope that I need. And he would. He would right. meet me with hope. Somebody would call. Somebody would text. I'd open my Bible. There'd be a word. I'd hear something on the radio. And it was enough hope just to carry me through to the next. Oh. And that's what God will do. For me. Yes. Yes. And amen. Yeah. Yes to all of it. Yeah. Because I'm so encouraged by you. And I am believing I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to claim prophecy. I mean, cause I'm, I'm still asking the Lord if that's right. You know, like I feel something stirring in me, yes. but I do. I want to just say, I, I want to speak. I will, that Elias is just a light guys. He has this beautiful smile. He is a handsome guy and he has this smile. He, um, he he seems outgoing and I don't know him. I've just seen pictures and maybe it's because I, my husband's a coach, a basketball coach, basketball is his favorite. So when I see him, I see 
any of the hundreds of kids my husband has coached, you know, young men. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's what I see in him. Like another young man that we embrace as our own because they're on my son, uh, my husband's basketball team. I, I don't know what yeah. it is, but I am drawn to just, I know that God's going to increase his territory and it will, Amen. it will be not just wide, but deep and that he will speak into the hearts of other people to be free from shame and guilt. And he will speak on forgiveness and he will speak on trusting the Lord and he will speak. And I don't know. I just know that God is going to bless him and bless y'all. And, and I believe in that forgiveness. I am, I'm just going to claim it. I believe that there will be in some way, some form that there will be a closure or a healing that takes place. Amen. And thank you. And I, I just believe it. I, I thank you for, you know, sharing your life with me and um, I'm really grateful to you. You know, it's so funny. I, we, we need each other. (laughs) No one understands this, but we do how it just gives us each hope. And um, yeah. So I'm just praying for your friend. I'm so grateful that you came today thank to you. share our story. And your thank story. you. Thank you so much for um, all you do for me, for others. Um, I truly, truly believe, truly believe that God has given you this because he knew that there were so many carrying this burden and we needed one another. And if it weren't for you, we wouldn't have all come together and um, God's working. He's doing something great. And so I'm so thankful and I'm thankful to share mine and Shorty's story. And, um, and just, maybe this you know, time next year we'll see him and it'll be like, yeah. I will get to be like on a conversation with him. And it could be like, yes, I await it. Amen. Amen. All right, friend. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. And I please keep in touch and let us know how things are going. And um, is there a way if any of the listeners want to contribute to Shorty Shoes or to what you're doing in your um, in your community? Can you tell them how to reach you? Yes, there's um, on our website. It's www.rockcf.org. That's rock, R-O-C-K. C for Christian, F for fellowship.org. There's definitely a link on there for Shoes for Shorties and the prison ministry. Um, so yeah, that's the, definitely the way to give and, um, and be a part of, of what we're doing in our community. I love it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember to seek hope and share it. Come back next week. Bye.